For years, the American public has been victimized by the so-called cinematic geniuses, telling us time and again to see inferior movies, leaving us bitter and lost with no one return. But no more! This travesty of justice cannot and will not continue, because we now have the Cinema Judge! Hello and welcome to the Cinema Judge. For my regular listeners, thank you so much for tuning back in. I really appreciate it. And like I've said before, whether it's a blockbuster, independent film, family film, animated film, you regulars always show up. For those listeners, jury members, or judge heads, whatever you want to call yourselves, I appreciate it. And by the looks of it, some of you have even told friends or somebody, because I've seen more and more people listening. Now, if you are a first-time listener, let me tell you a little bit about our show. First of all, ladies and gentlemen, clearly, we are not journalists. We haven't gotten any elite Ivy League school and paid thousands of dollars to have somebody else tell us what it takes to make a good movie. We're smarter than that, and so are you. Nor have we traveled the world and spoken to the old wise men and asked about the deep, hidden meanings behind Hollywood's visions. We here to submit a judge. We haven't done any of these things. But what we have done is watch a lot of movies, some good, some not so good. And our goal here to Cinema Judge is to have one thing. That's an enjoyable movie experience. And if you're wondering why we do this podcast or what else we've done, I've been doing this show now as a cable access show for 20 years in Bloomington, Minnesota. In the studios, they give us interviews, film clips, on-set footage. And what we do is we make it into one giant infomercial. And on that show, it's pure show. There isn't any me talking at all. All it is is just movie facts. Movies without the drama. No yelling, no screaming. Just the facts. That's what we do. They give me the evidence. I present you, the jury, the evidence. You make up your own mind if you want to see this movie or not. And I've been doing that now for over 20 years. And then one day, I can't believe it took me this long to figure out. I just figured, why can't I make this cable access show into a podcast. So what I did was I just took out the video and then I just introduced the interviews in between or scenes or clips, what have you. Yes, we can't do the B-roll on a, on a podcast, but if you do want to watch the TV version of this, go to Bloomington, Minnesota's webpage. It's BLM as in Bloomington dot MN backward slash BTV dash shows. And when you get there, you just type in Cinema Judge. It's two words. And then, bam, a whole bunch of the TV shows will show up. Not 20 years worth. Of course not, because they can't put all of them on there. And some of them have been lost forever through time. But there are some out there. And you can watch them on demand anytime you want. And what I alluded to earlier in the show was this. A lot of people use this show as a companion piece for movies. Right now, a lot of people are unable to go see a movie together. So what they do is... There's a, there's a couple of groups call themselves judge heads. They listen to the podcast on their own, whether they're going to work or brushing their teeth, whatever they're doing, they listen to this first. 
and then they get together with their friends, girlfriends via Skype or however they want to do it. And then they watch the movie together and then they could use it as a companion piece. They could listen to the interviews and just share stories about, hey, remember when they said this, said that. I can't even tell you how cool that is. So that's what I strive to do on this show is just movie information and hearing from the actors, the directors, the producers, why they wanted to make whatever movie we're talking about that day. And we're not here yelling, criticizing the actors, producers, directors, writers. That's not our game here at the Cinema Judge. If you want to hear yelling and screaming, hey, that's great. That's I'm not judging. That's where you want to go. There's plenty of places for that. We choose just to say, hey, let's talk movies. A little movie oasis, for lack of a better word. Because the way we look at it is this. Volume doesn't equate knowledge. Just because these people are yelling and screaming about a movie they don't like, what have you, who cares? I'd rather make up my own mind. I don't need you or anybody else telling me. I just want to share knowledge with you, and then you can make up your own mind. You might say this is a lousy movie or a great movie, but that's your call. I don't want somebody telling me what to do, and I don't think you do either. Because there's a lot of keyboard cowards out there. They think they're keyboard cowboys, but sadly... All they could do is that, sit there and type, 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 and or yell, whatever they do about stuff. But here's the major point I'm trying to get across. If you could do better, if you hate this actor or this movie or whatever it is that you don't like so much you have to yell about, prove that you could do better. Write something, direct something, produce something, do something other than just criticize. We here like to just learn and listen to movies and talk and just hear what's going on. Because the simple fact is this. Any movie is somebody's favorite movie. You might hate that movie. It doesn't matter. Any movie is somebody's favorite movie. And that's that's all I'm trying to say. So that's my goal. I try to get all the information I can, put it together, and then present it to you. Because there's so many movies out there that we don't always want to see or don't even think we want to see. But then you hear a little bit about it, a little bit more in depth, and then you go, this really sounds good. And that's so exciting when you find those gems. Not just your typical blockbuster, which are great. They're wonderful to see. I love them just as much as you do. But finding that gem and then be able to share that with somebody you know and say, this said movie is great. I've never heard of that movie. Well, give it a shot. Or, hey, listen to this podcast or whatever. That is what true movie loving is all about in my mind. Finding something that's not just easily found anywhere else. So anyway, that all being said, today approaching the bench, we have the movie called Land. That's L-A-N-D. It's directed by Robin Wright. She plays Eddie in this film. This is her first feature that she's directing. She's directed before. She's directed at least 10 episodes of House of Cards. So she knows what she's doing. And she has so much experience, so much knowledge. She's more than capable of handling this film. Now, most of us know who Robin Wright is. She's had an incredible career. I'm not going to name all of her projects because that would just take forever to do because she has so much work under her belt. But like even from 1987, the classic, The Princess Bride, that's when most of us got introduced to her. The 1992 film, Toys. 1994, another masterpiece of a movie. She played Jenny in the classic Forrest Gump. That just, that'll go down in history as one of the best. 1998, Hurley Burley. 1999, Message in a Bottle. 2000, Unbreakable. And then the 2001, very underrated film, the Pledge. If you ever have a chance to find it, check it out. It stars Jack Nicholson. 
the 2009 film State of Play. In 2011, she had a bunch of films come out. The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, Rampart, and Moneyball. 2015, Everest. And in 2017, she had a couple other big films. Blade Runner, 2049, and Wonder Woman. 2017, Justice League. And as a TV, we all know her as the phenomenal job she did in House of Cards. 2020, Wonder Woman. And you can see her currently in Zack Schneider's Justice League. What a career, and she shows no signs of slowing down. And what has she decided to take on for her next project? The movie's Land. Now I'll give you a brief synopsis of this movie. A bereaved woman seeks out a new life off the grid in Wyoming. This year has been just stock full of wonderful films for women, by women, that this is what Hollywood is needing. The voice of women being projected out in by women, not just written by guys, how they think women are. It's so exciting to see women taking more control in Hollywood because for far too long, they've been unable to. But now, finally, all these talented individuals can now start telling their stories. And with all these platforms out there, it's so wonderful to see that now they could take movies that mean something to them and you know they're going to do a good job because it means something to them. They're not just taking a role as wife or woman in distress, whatever has been the cliche for years gone by. Land is just one of the wonderful films that have been made this year about strong women. Some of the other ones were Nomadland, which is a fantastic film. I Care A Lot and Promising Young Woman, just to name a few. But this is what I like to see. So many different projects, so many different stories being told. So without further ado, up next we have Robin Wright talking about the title of this film, Land. The title of the film is twofold. It's what land itself, the earth, symbolizes, which is healing. And when one lands finally in a place of renewal. Coming up next, we have the trailer for Land. Edie, how are you feeling right now? What are you feeling? That it's really difficult to be around people because they just want me to be better. So you're not able to share what you're feeling with other people? It's pretty country, ain't it? Tribal lands. It's not a good idea to be out here without a vehicle. I'll be fine. You said your family was from the city. I will teach you how to trap and the fall to hunt and then you won't see me anymore can we agree that you not bring any news of life elsewhere what if aliens land here do you have family 
My wife and my daughter were killed in a car accident. You ever get lonely out here? I know I'd be more lonely there than here. My niece drew this for my hermit friend who lives in the mountains. Come tell me about your family. Have you thought about what you want your life to be now? Up next, we're going to hear from Robin Wright talking about why this script resonated with her. And now, just a heads up, just so you know, all the studio gave me was interviews with Robin Wright. Usually, I get stuff from the producers, writers, and you know everybody involved or other cast members. So that is why, in this episode, you're only going to hear from her because that's all I got. So here she is talking about why this movie and script resonated with her. It resonated so deeply with me about how people deal with their grief. And I just felt it was an important film to make, given that time that we were in, um, that everybody heals in individual ways. And the story Land is is about one woman's journey after a life-changing event that happens. And she decides to heal in her own way on her own terms. Coming up next, we're here from Robin Wright talking about what she hopes people will get out of this film. I'm hoping that the movie shows that not only when you respect one's way to heal, uh, when you have that one to the other, healing can occur. And the power of human resilience through difficult times when you're faced with adversity and and how important it is to have another human being help you get through those times. So in a nutshell, this film is about friendship and human kindness. Up next, we're going to hear Robin talk about why she wanted to make this film. I think because of what was going on during that period of time, There was so much ugliness in the world and, yes, the last four years. Um, I just wanted to make something about kindness and that it generally does take another human being to help you get through difficult times. Coming up next, Robin is going to talk about her character and the voyage she takes, how she grows throughout this film. It's always fun listening to an actor talking about who they're playing, and why, and where they feel the character is going. It's like getting in their head for a little bit. It's like when you're playing this role, when you're watching it, you're like, this is what they're thinking. This is why they took this role. So anyway, here she is talking about that. Edie's definition of survival is, uh, you know, in the beginning of the film, if, if she reads X amount of books of how to live in the wild, that's survival. But... Once Miguel comes into her life, I think he teaches her what survival really is. And that is opening up yourself to a new idea of hope and faith in other people. Coming up next, we're going to play a clip from this film. Now, I'm going to try to set this clip up. In this scene, 
we have Robin Wright's character, Edie. She's sitting in her cabin. And across from her from the table is a guy named Miguel, played by, and, and again, if you've listened to the show long enough, you're going to realize I don't pronounce a lot of names very well. So I give it one shot, and I'm do the best I can. So no offense to the actor or anybody else. Demian Bashir. And if that's wrong, I truly apologize. And if you're unfamiliar with that name, because I tortured it so horribly, I'll name just a few things that he's been in. He was in the TV show Weeds, 2012 film Savages, 2013 Machete Kills. I mean, come on, what a great movie. You gotta admit, that one was just plain old fun. And in 2015, The Hateful Eight, what a great film. 2017, Alien Covenant. 2018, The Nun. And in 2020, he had a banner year. He had Midnight Sky, The Grudge, and the TV show Grand Hotel. And he could currently be seen in Chaos Walking. So in this scene, he's talking to Edie. And she's trying to be all brave and stoic, saying, this is what I want to do. And he's just trying to be kind and saying, perhaps you need to give this a little bit more thought. He's not trying to push his way into her life or anything of that nature. He's just trying to say, we're on this mountain together. And we try to look out for each other. Starving isn't brave. Can we agree that my actions are my business? Yes, we can. And if I end up starving, well, that's on me. I... I feel that I have to say this. Only a person who has never been hungry would think starving is a way to die. There are better ways to die. There are better ways to die? I understand it might be a little rough for you here, but if you feel you don't belong here, then- If I don't belong here, I don't belong anywhere. Have you ever killed anything? No. A fish. If it's all right, I, I will come back here and teach you how to trap. And the fall to hunt. And then you won't see me anymore. Okay. Up next, we'll hear from Robin. She's going to talk a little bit more about her character's arc. I think Edie's goal in the beginning is a cognitive choice to erase herself. Erase the person that she is because her life has been ripped out from under her and she can never return to the life she once knew. So wanting to transform oneself, people do it in different ways. And I think escaping that life that she once knew was was the only solution for her. Up next, we'll hear from Robin Wright again. And in this interview, she talks about her cast and how much she appreciated working with them all and how they got what was trying to be told. It must be so great as a director being able to trust the people that you're working with because that can't be easy. You have all these balls in the air. You're juggling. You're doing everything all at once. But not having to worry about your cast, your crew, anything like that, they're dialed in. That must create so much ease or at least a little bit of peace knowing, hey, at least for this, during this part of this whole production, I could count on these guys. 
I was so blessed with my cast, Damien Bashir and, and Kim Dickens. You know, they're just beautiful souls. And they understood the movie so completely that I didn't feel there was a struggle of translation and trying to explain to them what was needed for the scene. They, they just, they knew it instinctively. Coming up next, we're going to play another clip from this film. Now, in this clip, Robin Wright is in the cabin, and she's talking to two people. And they're also trying to convince her, you need to be aware. These are big situations going on around you. So it's just a great conversation about people who don't really know each other, but they're trying to protect each other, but yet not be controlling or pushy. I know I would be more comfortable if you came into the hospital. Do you know how lucky you've been? You would have died if it weren't for Miguel. If he hadn't found you. Didn't call me. Miguel will bring you your results. As I assume you won't be coming into town to get them. Here, take this out. Because you need help? You know, we've been polite enough not to ask you all the questions one might want to ask if they found someone like you. No phone. One might begin to wonder how she came to be in this place. Might wonder if she's hiding from someone. I understand your curiosity. I'm not running from anyone. I'm not hiding. I'm not a criminal. I'm here because I choose to be. Next, we're going to hear from Robin Wright. And in this interview, she talks about the character Miguel, played by Demian Bashir, and how he got the role, how he understood it. When um, I talked to Damien Bashir in the, in the beginning, um, he understood completely who this man was. He understood that he had been through exactly what she is going through. So it's almost like he traveled through the phases of grieving. And he knew where she was, what phase she was in. So he was allowing her to go through her journey. And he said, if you could give me one thing, can you just give me a title of who is this character to you? And I said, he, Miguel, is Edie's saint. Coming up next, we're going to play another clip from this film. Now, in this clip, they're outside by a campfire during the daytime, and it's Miguel and Edie, and they're just having a conversation. And you can just see the chemistry between these two. It's, it's a really nice scene, and he's just trying to find a little bit about her. You know, is she lonely? Where does she feel she's going to be down the line? What's her plan? You ever get lonely out here? Sometimes. I know I'd be more lonely there than here. That may sound, it doesn't make any sense, but... It does. It does to me. If you don't want to talk about the past, have you thought about what you want your life to be now? 
moving forward. I just... I want to notice more. Notice everything around me more. Know more about here. Be able to survive here. Appreciate it. Sounds like a goal. You are able to live here now. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, no more cell phones, no more traffic, no more holiday celebrations. Coming up next, we're going to hear more from Robin Wright. And in this next interview, she talks about how one line really sung to her. And when she explains it, you'll understand it. And it's just really great to hear somebody who's passionate about a project and how a little sentence can create so much excitement and worth in a film. It's the one line in the movie that I loved so much when I read the script, and I just feel like it's the, the, the pinnacle of that human kindness, that people come into your life for a reason. Um, and he says it. She says, why are you helping me? And he says, because you were in my path. And I feel like we've all had those experiences once or twice in our life where you meet someone for a reason. It happened for a reason. He was meant to find her. He was meant to save her life. I really liked that interview. Now, up next, she talks about what she learned from this film and could she, if she chose to, live off the grid. I learned how to chop wood and skin a deer. <laughs> and people ask, you know, could you, could you go off the grid and survive in the wilderness? Yes, Probably could, would not choose to do so, but probably could after this film. Coming up next, Robin Wright talks about the importance of having a strong team behind you when you're acting and directing. When you're in front of the camera and behind the camera, you absolutely have to have a strong team surrounding you. And boy, did I ever. I had a great group of people that are in essence acting as your director as well. Um... And I couldn't have done it without them. Coming up next, we have one of those great interviews that I just love. Robin Wright talks about they had to move the cabin from one spot to another and how important that was to build chemistry and authenticity to everything, everything involved. We chose to build a cabin and transport it up um, 8,000 feet on the top of a mountain um, and I'm so glad we did it. it. It was worth the struggle because we were dealing with the elements all day, every day. And I just feel that it resonates in the film that we were actually living in the wild while shooting in the wild. Up next, Robin Wright talks about when they were on set, they had to be ready to shift on a dime. When the weather changed, they had to do a different shot to be able to pivot like that must be an incredibly challenging experience. We had a couple of instances where we would be in T-shirts, 75 degrees outside, and within 20 minutes, the Chinook winds would come in, and and I mean 75-mile-an-hour winds. And then suddenly it was hailing, and then a dump of snow, and then so we would have to rush back to base camp and change out of the summer and year one and go to year two and add the hair pieces and 
you know, make the face look more ruddy, et cetera, et cetera. So everybody was on their toes pretty much every day to be able to change from year one to year two in 10 minutes. Up next, Robin talks about how relevant this is for the times we live in. It's very timely that the movie is coming out now because of what this world we are all living in. Um, This existence of being alone and being distanced from the people that we love, you know, we're not hugging like we used to, we're not able to, it's definitely altering the psyche. And I'm hoping people walk away from this film with that belief that we need each other and to not give up and we will get through hard times. Well, we hope you enjoyed our in-depth look at Land, directed by Robin Wright. Now, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, ways to improve the show, please feel free to let me know, cinemajudge at hotmail.com. The only way to get better is if you let me know what works, what doesn't work. And if you ever want to, I also opened up a Facebook page and group, Cinema Judge Podcast slash Show. So if you're interested, you want to talk movies, please stop on by. And for you regulars, you know, this is the time of the show where I try to thank as many people as I possibly can, the regulars who always stop by no matter what movie is on. So for everybody around the world, thank you. And I, and if you're new, I hope you liked it. If you did, tell a friend. It's really fun to see more cities and countries show up. Anyway, thanks to everybody in the United States, the Netherlands, Australia, France, Guatemala, all you people all around the world, I am indebted to you. My listeners in Minneapolis, thank you. Minnetonka, in North Holland, I'm going to try to say your city name, but if I butcher it, I apologize to you, but I thank you for stopping in and sharing with other people. Is it Diamond or Demian? Whatever it is, I apologize, but it's thanks North Holland. Adelaide, South Australia, thank you so much for dropping in again. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, thank you. Columbus, Ohio. Now, I'm going to say this two different ways. I hope it's Vacayville, as in Vacationville, California, but maybe it's Vacaville. Whatever it is out there out west, thanks for stopping in. West Point, Georgia, how cool is that? Thanks for listening. My loyal listeners in Duluth, Minnesota, thank you so much. To my listeners in College Park, Maryland, thank you so much. Same thing goes with La Vista, Nebraska. Always stop by. I love it. And like I said earlier, my listeners in France, you guys are always on. Thank you. Lakeville, Minnesota. Surrey, Wisconsin. Shevlin, Minnesota. Washington, Virginia. You always stop in. Thank you. Guatemala City. And I said this wrong last time, but I'm going to try it again anyway. Hogue, Ohio. Either way, you stop it in again. Thanks so very much. And to every city I didn't have time to get to, I do appreciate you. Please tell some friends. Let's have some more people join along. And I'm going to be completely honest. I had no idea the show would go this long. I didn't have that much material. So I'm very grateful that it all worked out. Because on the TV version, I had a lot of B-roll. And it was really good B-roll. But then when I looked at the timeline when I was doing this, I'm like, oh my goodness, I don't have that much interviews. So hopefully it all played out well. And just like last time, I held off. I've been eyeballing my glass of bourbon, and I didn't take one little sip from it. I'm going to very shortly, but I've realized in the past, if I dip into it a little bit too soon, the show suffers. So I held back, and hopefully the show was up to snuff. But man, it's looking good. So until next time, be well, be good, and I'm gone. I'm Jeff. Thanks for listening to 
the cinema judge. Mm-hmm.